0: All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I've been looking
1: forward to it. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. We got Ricky Saylor here today. We go back, uh, we used to say we go back a little ways, we go back a long ways now. So we're probably looking at 2014, uh, almost
1: 10 years. Yeah, yeah. so we're looking at probably a decade. Goodness gracious. A decade now. We're old now, man. Man. Yeah, back then, uh, I would say you had some hair. Uh, it was um, wrong though it's not true <laughs> i i i had i had some hair but uh it's it's, it's quickly fading away it's starting
0: to give up on you yes so i i was trying to remember and i don't know all the details obviously 10 years is starting to fade but somehow we connected and i think it was on twitter and uh that yeah. that led to a meeting at panera bread down by raymond james stadium you remember that
1: yes i i remember i remember it uh, very vividly I remember you sent me a direct message on uh on Twitter about how you was in the area and you um you service uh, student athletes and reach out to you if um you could be any assistance yeah and and where I was at at the time um as the executive, the executive director of unsound preps. Uh, where we assist student athletes get scholarships uh, to go to college, football players get scholarships to go to college, I was in desperately need of uh, funding and partnership that can help uh, the kids uh, on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, and so your message uh, that you sent to me was a godsend, and we met at Panera Bread, and we hit it off, and I remember... The biggest thing I remember I walked away was I I asked you, what were you reading? Oh yeah. And you said you're reading a book uh called uh Visioneering by Andy Stanley. That's right. And I bought it right I bought it right down my iPhone and the way <laughs> I looked at it was like, hey, if this doctor is reading this, <laughs> me being a being a guy who loves to uh learn and read at this point in my life. I need to be reading the same
0: thing that dr did <laughs> yeah it's a great it's book. a great great book about setting foundation and building uh building around you know it, it talks about nehemiah building a wall and not being distracted and, and setting goals that uh because things are going to come up and distract you and you're just like nope i'm busy I'm, I'm building a wall
1: man that book is absolutely amazing yeah um and and you're you're right about that uh How there was the scratches that was trying to stop uh, Nehemiah from doing the way he was uh, called to do, but it was he didn't even believe that he was worthy of doing it because the position that he held within the kingdom.
2: Yep,
0: and that's I mean, if we're honest, that's all of our stories anyway. We we start getting sometimes. So I'll give a little background. You're talking about, let's, well, let's, let me let you do that. Talk about uh, just briefly where you grew up, uh, a little bit of your backstory and how it quickly got to what unsigned preps became.
1: Okay. So, um, I was born in Tampa, Florida, um, at an early age, um, my mother, uh, she abandoned the family. And at the time it was, my older brother, my older sister, myself, and my youngest brother. And that split that split my family uh, to the point to where my brother, he went to go stay with our grandmothers, and I didn't see him for 10 years. My youngest brother, we shared the same dad, so we stayed with each other uh, throughout you north know, our childhood. And my sister, she went to go stay with her dad in Miami, and I didn't see her for 22 years. And so I grew up in the neighborhood of uh, West Tampa, which is a hard luck community um, in the the Tampa area to where uh, education wasn't the biggest focal point. Uh, There was other challenges and stuff in the community uh, that was more important or had a a better focus on. Uh, But me being a pretty good, uh football player. I was about to say student athlete, but no the student part <laughs> wasn't there. That came later. <laughs> I that came I came, came in college. Uh but uh being a pretty good football player, um I was I was able to, to gather mentors and I also uh was able to to gather uh certain protection and stuff in my neighborhood to where we had old we had older guys and say drug dealers, um, that looked out for young guys like myself when it came to playing uh, playing sports that helped us out with different uh with different things that we needed to compete and play. And then also, um, uh, when it was time to win we was getting in trouble, they was pulling us in the right direction They'd be like, No, nah, don't be doing this. Even though they was doing
0: Right. They were uh, still looking um, it up trying thing. to put you on when protect you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so um, I played I played football and football, baseball, and track in high school at Lato High School. Um, I wasn't a good student, so I had to go to junior college uh, after graduation. I went to Blue Junior College in Northern California. Uh, it was uh, one of the top junior college programs in the country. I went there, uh, and I made a promise to my high school coach Jim Bradford that I told him um, there was two things. I told him I wanted to do. I wanted to get good grades and I one to speak better. Yep. Uh, and I'm still working on the speak, speaking uh, piece. <laughs> but, but but my talent outweighs, uh, I mean, my, uh, my, my, uh, my, de- my desire outweighs my talent. Uh, so while in junior college, um, I continue to be a pretty good football player to where I was a two-time All-American. Um, won every player of the year award that you can uh, that you can win. Um, At this time around, I had a two point eight GPA. Yeah, and what so was it? What was do you think it was in high school? Oh, I, oh, I, what I think, what I what I know, it was a 2.0. <laughs> okay. So my first two years of high school, I had a one point three GPA, uh, and then my last two years, I got a two point six, and I finished out with a 2.0 overall. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So, I, bar- I barely graduated, and I and I only made a 740 on the SAT. So, I was not I was not a student. It wasn't because I was not a smart kid. I just had no interest. Yeah, what they was teaching in high school. It, it to me, like being a young black male uh, from West Tampa, I had no desire to know about. Shakespeare or the mice of men. Right. Um, and even at PE, I got bad grades uh because I felt that hey, I'm the best football player athlete on this campus. Why do I have to prove it here in PE? So, but it's a it's an immature thought, but it it helped build to who I am today. uh, because when I got out to junior college, uh, I upheld what I had told my coach. And so with a 2.8 GPA, uh, 17 career interceptions in two years uh, and good character, I became the number one uh, cornerback uh, in the country uh, from out of junior college, number 10 overall. And I chose to go to Texas Tech from there. Uh, played at Texas Tech for two years under the late, great Mike, uh, Mike Leach. And from there, it helped propel me, I want to say six to seven years later, So when I started to have the thoughts of creating this company that helped high school student athletes get scholarships called Unsigned Preps. Yeah. And when the thought of Unsigned Preps was everything that I needed in high school and things I learned on my journey, I had wanted to put in a company and give back to the kids. And that's that's how we got to the point of starting.
0: Uh, well, let's slow that down and go backwards for a second. Tell me about your mindset, because you overcame uh, bad grades, not being motivated to be a student, went to junior college because you had promised your high school coach that you are going to make a commitment. And there was times there where you, you were trying to go back. There's a cool story where you're trying to send an email, and they're like, nope, his wife gets on and says, nope, sorry, dude. you oh, yeah. got to do what you got to do. But So go with the mindset when – a community that you grew up in, like you said, had different priorities in the education stuff, but then how do you go from, okay, I'm going to Texas tech and I want to come back. Where does that flip? You think God gave you that vision or do you, where did it flip in your head where you said, I'm going to try to go back and offer resources that I didn't have. What were you thinking then? It just popped in your head. It was, tell me what you were thinking when you decided okay. to make unsigned preps.
1: So, um, God was with me the whole time uh, because there was there was challenges when I got when I got out to uh, California because I I left the familiarity of my friends uh, friends family and neighborhood. Now even though I grew up in a rough neighborhood, I know how to maneuver in that neighborhood and I know what to expect. Going out to California, especially Chico, California, I don't know what to expect.
0: Yeah, this isn't so Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, this this is this is not L.A. This is not San Diego. This is a small town that you probably only heard Bart Simpson mention on The Simpsons, which he literally <laughs> did. Uh, and so, um, so I was I was scared in that standpoint because I was going by myself. Yeah, uh, and and I, I I didn't know what to expect. And I remember, on oh, September 30th, of my freshman year. I think we probably three games into the season, I have five interceptions at this point, and I'm doing pretty well but uh I go to the school library and i write my I, uh write my coach an email which i uh I still have to this day, and I was telling him that uh, the subject line uh I put losing my mind slowly, and I'm going to tell him to how. Like, I want to quit, but I don't want to disappoint nobody. But there's so much pressure of being out here. And I was trying to be a student, but I didn't know how to. So school was kicking my butt. Football was easy, but school was kicking my butt. Culturally, it was different. i never seen so many white people in my life. Right. Um, Because my neighborhood is completely black. Uh, My school is... Uh, you have, you have white, you have white people and I have white teammates, but everywhere. And like, it was an adjustment to me, the way I spoke coming from the South. We sound completely different to them out West. So I was constantly challenged on what did you say? Slow down, enunciate. And so it was, it was this big challenge that I was losing my mind. And I sent my coach this email and I just told him, I just need to talk. And the next day, his wife emailed me back. She saw the email before he did. And she told me, she, she gave me some encouraging words, but she, gave, she left me with uh, a poem called Footprints. And it's about when you're walking and, uh, and Jesus is on the side of you, you know what I'm saying, walking with you. And that, and that, and that gave me comfort. Yeah. Now, did I want to quit again? Yes, because I was homesick right, but uh, i kn- I knew i I knew I couldn't uh because there there was challenges at home that that there there was nothing for me coming back coming back to West Ham. right, and so that that gave me the perseverance uh to when unsound press got started to to not quit when things get tough, and then also when you start helping these kids go to college. You can talk to them about, hey, I know how it is. Right. And I and I came through. I came through a program with a a, a guy uh, who was a Super Bowl champion for the '85 uh, Bears. A guy named Mister Tyrone Keys. He's he's been my mentor since I was 17 years old. We actually met when I was skipping class.
0: Uh-huh. Um, you have this bigger, larger-than-life <laughs> so, dude walking through the hallways, raping you up. You're like, what? You, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah, the big sis, sis eight guy. He's like, hey, man, I came over here to, to see you. I can help you go to college. And so I benefited from his mentorship and his mentorship and guidance that, it, or, that his organization called All Sports Community Service gave to myself and others in the community. Um, and so that kind of gave me a, a baby start to what unsigned preps can be um, because he helped me. Uh, with community service I do what community service was because I thought community service was picking up trash, and I would never do it. And he told me after, after I thought I thought my scholarship go to Texas Tech. He said, "Well, you know, if you, you can do a football camp," I said, "That's yeah. community service." He like, yeah. yes. And so I gathered up a couple of people. I went to the local uh, Boys and Girls Club that I grew up going to, uh, with the the late great Mike Jenneret. And I did my I did my first football camp at the age of twenty. Um, so everything was kind of pushing me, even though I don't know at the time. cuz this is God pushing me to eventually starting my own thing and doing it the way that I would want to. Yeah. Uh, with unsigned preps, so I knew, like when when I started putting kids in college, I knew exactly what time of the year to call them.
2: Yep.
0: Because it no. So, we we had talked about this I, really, I had a i had a college golf coach on he said when they hit october of that first semester it's starting to be yep. overwhelming
1: yep and so look when when did i email my coach september 30th there you go his wife, his wife replied back october 1st there you go so i know i know when to reach out to the guys then after the season i know when to reach out to them in february why because the script conditioning coach, he's going crazy. Oh, yeah. He's trying to kill them. And everything is going through your mind like this hurt, this quit. It's easier to quit. But I educate them and I educated parents on putting the fear of God in your child, letting them know no, you can't come back home. You're gonna you're gonna have to finish. And so um with that mindset and uh, we started doing SAT prep. Why? Because I struggle with SAT. Yeah. Uh, with SAT and ACT. We did community service. Why? Because I started to learn uh, well, I started to love community service and understanding how community service is not picking up trash. Community service can be done via sports. So you know what I'm saying we did that. Um, college bus tours. Understanding to how College is just a word uh, to people. And like I always say, uh, as Americans, I don't care how black or white you are, how rich or poor you are, we all had the mindset of, I got to see it to believe it. Yeah, And so we started taking the kids to, to the colleges so they can see it. And very Not young too. It, you have
0: can... these freshman kids, you know, they're going maybe for the first time. You said there's the first time somebody saw snow. You go on a college trip, yeah. like, first time you get out of Tampa and you find out that there's a whole nother world out there.
1: Yeah, so we, we first started off doing high, uh, the high school bus tour, with, which takes ninth through 11th graders uh, and put them on college campuses throughout the southeast region. And then a couple of years in it, uh, we had a cool idea of uh, let's do a youth bus tour. So we'll take kids from 8 to 13 years old, and take them to camps because if they can start to seeing it early and uh, uh, maximizing the relationships that we have on the college campus, because we have we have kids that came through unsigned preps on every campus. And I knew majority of every coach yep. that was at uh, the, the state colleges. So we'll take our we'll take our young kids from um, eight to thirteen years old and put them on college campuses. And let them travel, let them tour the facilities, let them work out, let them touch and see the players and coaches and put on the jerseys and everything. So it it was, uh, the college bus tour was was pretty cool. And the thing that I look at that I'm proud of, that there was nobody in the Southeast region doing a college bus tour. Yeah. Now now every summer there are at least between 75 and 100 buses going out.
2: I love it, man. And
1: I know that I like was I the that. One I that, spot, that one first. That's right. Yeah, the to spark the brain. It's good, uh, man. To, to leave a legacy like that.
0: But there's the other thing it did, not just give them uh, looking at stuff, but it really put some coaches on these kids that normally wouldn't have saw them. They get to go to their camp. Every year, you had kids coming out with offers, man. Like they go show yeah, out at absolutely. these camps, and they're like, "Well, I'll take that." And then it's almost like uh, you know, the college recruiting is different today than it was even then. But it's almost like a snowball effect. You know, Mississippi State offer, then Mississippi's gonna be like, "Well, crap, we must need to offer." You get that first big offer, yeah. and it starts like people start looking at you, and like, "Well, what did I miss on this kid?" Or if they, even if they're real young. That's what opens up, like all these all these college coaches. I mean, they all know each other, the, but uh, if they go to one of these big camps and they're volunteering and doing this and that, then they're going to be okay. I went in on that action too. I went in, and so it really, really gives exposure to kids that that they wouldn't have been able to get for sure.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the other thing, the other thing that it did, uh, because not every school recruits the Tampa Bay area. So what we did, we bridged the gap by going to those schools and yeah. letting them know to hey, we will we'll bring the bus to you so you can see what the Tampa Bay area has to add or have has to offer, and come recruit the area. Now, and
0: if so, a college coach know, doesn't like, recruit the Tampa Bay area now, then they're not paying attention.
1: Well, at times it's because it, it was several things. Uh, with some schools, it's budget. Uh, when you when you when you talk about f c s schools and we don't have the we don't have the budget to go down there and live down there uh another time is they don't have no relationships in the area right. that help guide them not to the right direction so there'll be there'll be schools that who didn't who didn't have a relationship uh in Tampa. I will form that relationship, and so when they come in town, I would drive around with them. And go to the different high schools, because I knew all the high yeah. school coaches that help to help um to bridge that. But yeah, there, there's absolutely no top ta- no talent shortage here. It's uh-huh. just uh budget, budget and relationships. Yeah. Because cause schools, cause schools and, and I and I and I get this to where you can have say Western Kentucky, which is probably a 13 hour drive um from Tampa. To uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Western Kentucky could be interested in a in a kid and they can recruit that kid you know, for four months and feel real good about him. And then Central Florida offered him two weeks before signing day. They flipped. And he flipped. And yeah. so th- the school they wasted, they wasted time, time and talent on a kid that went to the local to the local university. Yeah. So so that's how the the colleges and stuff look at it as well. And some people they don't understand the recruiting process. They they don't never see it from that lens.
0: Right. Yeah, they're wondering why these coaches aren't on them. And uh, sometimes it's just like the the coaches have to win at the college level. And to win, they have to be able to fill their rosters. They can't have they can't have fifteen twenty flips, you know, that are going to go and and ruin their roster, their freshman class coming in if they're going into there. Second year, and they're not winning. Like three years later, they're gonna get replaced. Like there's gonna be a new coaching staff. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they, and they can miss out on the guys because I tell you, if I'm let's say, shoot, if if I'm recruiting, you know, I'm saying Dr. Jason Hunt. Well, right at the time, Jason Hunt. If I'm if I'm down here at, at South Florida, and, I, and I'm recruiting you, and we didn't build this rapport, and I feel good about where I'm at with you. You and your parents feel good about where you guys are, with me, and then two weeks before signing day, they Lexington start calling over there in Kentucky. You're gonna go to Kentucky. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm true. like, man, like, I'm, I'm I missed out on you. There's other kids I could have been recruiting.
0: Yep, and then you that, missed on no, them because it was too late.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, I cool. mean, you know a lot about it. So it, you started unsigned preps and I'll just go tell a backstory too, cause it's important. Um, it was, um, that meeting at, at Panera was life changing for me, uh, for a couple of reasons. And you told me a story and I don't, I don't even remember the details and the details don't matter, but you told me a story about a kid you knew who tore his ACL and either didn't have the right insurance or just circumstances didn't work out very well. They end up going to a, a place that didn't do a good job, and then they lose the ability to use football as to get them into a college uh, setting because of either bad luck, bad insurance, bad circumstances, all it is. And I think, I don't know if it's that medium, but I think it was. I committed to you, like, if you find a kid like that, if you if that ever comes up, you tell me, and we will never let a medical problem derail them from their college aspirations because you I can I can tell you without question there are kids uh, right under our nose in Tampa that if they don't have a college football scholarship they're not going to college
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so that that for me and I didn't you know honestly I didn't know if you would ever take me up on that situation but I did know that that your heart was in the right place and I went home after that meeting and told my wife it's like I just met this guy named Ricky Saylor and I hope he doesn't ask us for our house or we'll be homeless.
1: <laughs> no, it's um I definitely I definitely chuckle um from, from what you just said because that ended up happening
2: yeah. to where yeah, kids it did was happen.
1: ACL and I say Dr. Hunt, I need you. Yeah. You didn't blink an eye. Last week, that kid Antoine Sims called me. Antoine Sims has graduated from college with his uh, BA degree. Yeah. This past Christmas, because he he he's working at College Hunts, uh, an administrative uh, position. Yeah. He called me. He said, "said Coach, I want to do what we what we used to do with the chip in," because he said I have. Many of these cleanouts have some real good stuff, yeah. and I want to be able to put something together to, to bless our families for Christmas. This Christmas act did that.:
0: And that's Him the kid.: That's the cold. kid who was 17 years old, highly recruited, probably the most talented kid in Pasco County at that time, tore his ACL at a preseason camp, and all of the offers went away. All of his yep. offers went away. And so, and in circumstances that no one would want, but we had to wait to his 18th birthday to do his ACL surgery. So it put us behind a little bit. And then um, we, you know, on his 18th birthday, we did his ACL surgery and uh, he grinded harder than anyone I've ever seen in recovery because there was a taste of desperation and an ounce of desperation that he had that made him different and you and I both told him not to play in that All-Star game at the end of the year, but he came back and played in the All-Star game. It looked like trash, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, he wasn't quite ready yet. Um, but then, um, you know, the, the Naval Academy came back on board, and, uh, and yep. then he ended up transferring to Sanford and then down to Kaiser, and yep. like you said, he used football for what it was, the ability to get the scholarship. I, I talked to him when he was doing – uh, his internship, I think, at Bank of Tampa or one of the other banks uh, in town. And man, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been more proud of a kid
1: than I'm than I am of him. Yep. He he started. He's also started his own marketing business.
2: Yep. He
1: he is exactly to what we envision when we work with these kids.
0: Yeah. Man, it's like if all, all the, the effort okay. and all the time that you put in. Uh, came to fruition just for him, then it's still worth it
1: well well, well what we did not not me you know what I'm saying we um but th- that but that's that's the power of belief, good relationships, and something that you something that you did that you didn't have to do. you didn't have to keep your word. And it was it would have been totally understandable. But you said if a kid was to get hurt, I would do that surgery. And it happened. And it couldn't happen to a better, a better kid because he is what uh, I would call the perfect unsigned prep kid.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you're going to have uh, some kids who are more talented than him that went through the program. Uh, you yes, some kids who lace it up mm-hmm. on Sunday who went through the program. But, man, for a life-changing, to change your family tree forever and use football to get a college scholarship, there's I, I would ask someone to show me a better example than him. Yeah.
1: It'd be hard to beat.
0: <laughs> it's hard to beat, man. And who knew that? Uh, and it wasn't that much longer after we sat down and talked, you know, when all that went down. And I had to, behind the scenes, like, not everyone felt the same way I did. I actually worked for a different company at that time, so I didn't get to make all the rules. Uh, about how things went mm-hmm. down. And uh, so there was, there was definitely some stuff that went down. But because of that and because of the effort it has, uh, I actually got that company to agree to do a, a small sponsorship for unsigned preps because they were seeing that what a huge impact that would have on uh, on a kid. Yeah, yeah. And the people who were in charge saw value in, uh, in taking care of that and investing in it. So uh, they –
1: You call small. <laughs> it, look, it's – Perspective is everything. You call it small to me; it was gigantic. Yeah. I'm talking about absolutely gigantic. I don't even think I told you this because I remember you get you gave me the commitment. I think it was at Northdale Golf Course. Yeah, With, matter of fact, we were. You gave me the commitment. I left from there. My mentor Tyrone Keys stayed about ten minutes from there. I drive over to his house and tell him the good news. I'm excited. Keys. we got it. We gonna be able to keep the doors open. And leaving his house, I'm still excited. I'm so excited the police pulled me over for speeding. (laughs) Police get to to the window. He said, do you know why he pulled me over? I said, I don't know, sir. I probably was speeding. He said, he said, yeah, yeah, you were. and then he asked for my license and uh, insurance and he wanted to take me back to the car. Mom, but I'm like, no, hold on. But let me tell you, because you're <laughs> going to give me a ticket anyway. Let me tell you what just happened. I said, man, I work with kids for a living and I just got a sponsorship deal that we're going to keep the doors open. I <laughs> came back. He said, man, congratulations. Just slow down.
0: <sighs> I love it, man. Love it. True well, story. Yeah. I never heard that story, but I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Well, it is perspective uh, for sure. And I'm another, another story that I've told a few times, but not told everybody, you know, I, I grew up in Kentucky and uh, we ended up in Tampa, Florida. I never really wanted to come to Tampa, Florida, Uh, but God had a different plan in mind and we ended up in Florida and, 2014 that's right right around when we met and then um you know a couple probably a year or so into that uh i'm just ready to leave like i'm ready to go back home like get back to kentucky and uh we had the i think it was the second annual maybe and maybe a third i'm wrong it was second i think it's the second annual fundraising dinner down at the center club yep. and um uh, You know, of course, I'm going to be there to support unsigned preps because I became a a massive, massive fan of what you were doing. And everywhere I went, I try to rally the troops and say, listen, you got to pay attention uh, to what this what this cat's doing. And um, so I'm at that meeting and I don't know, it's almost like it was unscripted. Uh, but Chris Greedo's up doing the MC stuff and then kid after kid after kid is standing up and like explaining the impact the unsigned preps has had on them. And for me, and that's kind of somehow people probably heard it different than I heard it. But for me, it kind of broke my spirit a little bit to say like, I, I need to stay here and help. And, um, that literally kept us in Tampa for way longer than our, uh, ticket was supposed to be. We were going to punch our ticket for a little bit, but, um, you know, and I, I told you this before, but I felt like I couldn't leave Tampa as long as Unsound Preps was doing what it was doing.
1: Man, I knew I mean, <laughs> it always touches me. Um, it always touches me. Man, man. Man, you don't don't know how much I truly love
0: you, man. No, it's the same. It's the same. And I was dead serious. I told my wife, I was like, I I just met someone that God put us in the same space at the same time, and I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be big. It's going to be special. And um, I felt that right when we left Panera Bread. But at at the same rate, like, um, I just became your biggest fan on Unsigned Preps, and I would – I just hung around everything that you're trying to get your hands into, just so I could be a support because I saw the impact that it was having on people. And and I I say this too about the stuff that we do with Ortholinks and what we did at the Performance Center. Like if it's good enough to to help one person, or if you're doing it and it's not good enough for you, that if you only help one person, then it's not worthwhile anyway. And man, there's just tons and tons of people. I well I well let's just say this. We went back, and this is probably 2014 too. Uh, we went back to West Tampa and, and did like a little Christmas thing where, you know, we got a few bicycles and a and a ice hockey table. Or, chip or some, in. A little chip in. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you start to piggyback on that. And then this this last Christmas, tell people what you did at Christmas time. With that. And, I, yeah, I mean Raymond James Steady made oh, big there's, enough. There's, Raymond James Steady made big enough for uh, the chip <laughs> in now.
1: Well, yeah, you no, know, so yeah, so uh Christmas time now with um, WWE superstar uh, Titus O'Neil, who real name is Thaddeus Buller, is uh, one of my great friends, and I also represent him as his brand manager. Uh, he has a program for Christmas time called the Joy Given. and um, every every year um, we host uh, four schools in the East Tampa community. Um, it's, it's, it's just like West Tampa. It's a down low community, uh, but he has a commitment uh, to that area and, and to those kids uh, to bring them things that they may not otherwise get. Uh, and before we kick off the joy giving, where we give out between eight to ten thousand toys, uh, we kick it off with a, a parade. It's the same parade that, uh, what same style. Parade that we uh, have here in Tampa, which is famous—the uh, Gasparilla Parade. So we get we get the big floats, we get bands, we get community uh, community partners, motorcycle groups, uh, the sheriff, the mayor, the dignitaries, like everybody to participate uh, to participate in the uh, parade. And then we'll kick off the festivities where we give out the toys and. We will uh, we feed uh, everybody that's out there. Have bounce houses, give out bicycles, uh, and also give away uh, brand new cars uh, this <laughs> we, year.
0: Again, we went away from giving away a couple bicycles for the community center. Yeah, <laughs> now you are giving out cars.
1: Yeah, so I think this year we gave yeah this year we gave out uh, three uh three brand new cars goodness, uh with yeah. with, partner, with the partnership with um uh several car dealerships in the area yeah. and the metropolitan ministries. Um so we uh bless the families they are totally surprised by it um we've done that for families we've done that for staff at yeah, uh, at the school at, uh, at the school
0: and that's Sly um, it's Sly, Sly it's, Middle it's, School. It used to be called Sly Middle School. What's <laughs> it called now?
1: So now it's called the Thaddeus Fuller Academy at Sly Middle Man. Oh my goodness. And
0: it, so, it is phenomenal. Like it's like it's a mix of Harry Potter and the WWE and like yeah. the, you know, it it is unbelievable what's happened at that school. And um well it's not unbelievable now, it's it.
1: more things it's more things that happened uh since the last time you was down. Oh no. Let's hear it. Um uh, then uh so the the Academy has a wing that's sponsored by um, um let me make sure I get my partners right. Florida Blue. Okay. And and uh Tampa General. Okay. To to where it's a whole medical wing there because it's a uh, part of the Madness School is medical. So it's, it's over two million dollar investment uh, made in that wing um and then there's also a studio that's there there's mental health there's a mental health space
0: my goodness um uh,
1: we have a food pantry on campus uh we have a test kitchen um so dad is an owner of three restaurants in the area and they use the test kitchen uh to test the food before it goes to the restaurant those products right restaurants yeah yeah if the, and the kids it, throw them in the, the garbage are probably not good <laughs> <laughs> well and a, and, a, and the thing is like kids are not allowed um this because this place is called the prosperity center it's on campus yeah at, at the test kitchen there's also a, cu- a culinary program for the community where they teach them uh the skills it takes to be a culinary chef and help them with job placement so every inch of every inch of the school is designed for the kids and the community as a whole. So whether it's legal services, a culinary program, uh, a food bank, a clothing a clothing bank, um, and obviously we see stuff like the brand new football field, uh, which is <laughs> a, over a million dollar investment, yeah, and currently man. being built is a. Uh, Outdoor street hockey rink. Oh goodness! Which is almost at Which is almost at completion at this point. Nice.
0: Well, here's the only problem for those middle schoolers. They're gonna go to high school and say, "Man, this high school sucks." Yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> it's, all, it's almost like uh, it's almost like when you play at Alabama and then you get, you get drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, like, hey, man! It's, it's like a pay cut. It's like a pay to cut. Stay at Bama. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. So yeah, who would have thought the trajectory of that? But let's go back to Unsigned Preps and talk about when you made a decision to shut that down.
1: Yeah, so uh one one thing I always because so you early went when, when I was younger, I had I had no thirst for education. Um uh, it definitely improved me in that in that department. Um, which also means development. Yeah. As I got older, I became, I uh, got this sensational appetite for improvement. And while running unsigned preps, I knew it wasn't the final destination, but I, but I, I know to how, I knew to how God have you in seasons. Yeah. And I knew I was coming to the point to where the season was coming to an end because I had wanted to do more things. So they kind of started off um, when we're doing a leadership conference, and I invited Thad Titus to be a guest speaker. So now I'm working with you Nars know, and Titus on some things um, outside of the ring. Yeah. Uh, and working on a couple of deals that he had with some of uh, um some corporate partners. And then Jameis Winston, he come into the Tampa area after being the first pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Getting him to be part of the leadership conference, and him, you no, know I'm saying um, allow allow me to do some other things with him. That I was like, man, I, I kind of want to get into management. Yeah, management of players. Um, and because I had start, I had already started working with you to. Negotiating, negotiating deals, and uh, negotiating other deals for unsound press to try to keep everything keep everything open. I'm developing a skill set with logistics and communication, so everything that a professional a professional athlete needs, I have the skill set for. Right. And so, uh, me and a former partner made a decision to, hey, let's start. A management company where we'll work with the players and we'll start just doing their football camps and stuff first. Um, guy had another plan instead of both of us doing it together. I went, I went on my own. Yeah. Uh, and I and I connected um, with a, a guy and who I work with uh, to this day named Reggie Johnson, who's been a godsend to me. He was a he was an agent and he was interested in some of my players. Um, at uh, at the time and we stayed in contact over the years and I was telling him to like, hey, I'm gonna go start my own, I'm gonna go start my own thing. Do I have your support for any assistance? He's like, yes, you definitely got me. So it gave me the confidence. I spoke to you, I spoke to several other people to build a chain, a chain of people around me yeah. to where I can offer these services. And so the time came uh that I went I went out on my own and I remember I was driving to the senior bowl. I think this was 2020. I was I was driving I was driving to the senior bowl and I was like, man, I'm really doing this by myself. Um that's when it kind of hit me. Um and then I spoke to a good friend of mine that was in compliance uh, at Alabama and I asked her, I told her to, hey, this is what I'm doing. I want to make sure that I don't affect the kids' eligibility by having unsigned preps and starting my management company. Yeah. She said, In our eyes, we will see you as an agent and you will hurt the kids' eligibility. Right. That second, I came off all paperwork, turned over the rings, um, and formally left unsigned preps. You yeah. know, I still financially supported it, but. They was going in a direction that I never wanted to do. They had wanted to strictly do 707 football. Yeah. Uh, and, and I always told myself, if we only work with kids for athletic purposes, I would get out of it.
0: Wow. Well, I tell the story a little bit different. I tell the story nowadays, just so you know, you felt sorry for me, so you ended it so I could move back to Kentucky. <laughs> so that's that's how people know you know you seen those pictures like i'm gonna tell this person this person i'm gonna tell my grandkids this is tom brady well i'm telling yeah, everybody yeah. i'm telling everybody a different a whole different story like look ricky saw some had some mercy on me he knew i want to go home so he ended that stuff <laughs> so i could move home
1: no no and, and tell you man you, you are totally amazing to me man because you put me you put me before a lot of things and that, and that that is so, is it, it, so humbling. It's one of the top five humblest, most humblest things that somebody has ever done. And I and I remember having these conversations with you and, and you telling me, I'm not leaving. I'm like, Jason, you got to, basically I almost you got to go, you know, I'm not leaving. <laughs> um, Man, like you put, no, man, man. I thank you. I promise you I do. Well, you I know, we're we weave
0: man like God put us together. It was a it was a thing that um. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned and you know this, when you get your hands into something, you have my support. I don't even ask you the details in it because I trust you that you have the, the yeah. right mindset. You know, we, we had some uh, we had some conversations going back and forth where I'm like, no, nah, man, you're full of crap. Like that doesn't make any sense, and you're like, "No, you're full of crap." It does make sense, but that's that's what a family does. That's you, know, you. sit down at the family table and you can hash it out and have an argument. It is, it's not a personal thing. You res, you res, and I don't really remember mm-hmm. what the subject was because it doesn't matter. But I'm like, that don't make any sense, and you're like, "Well, you don't make any sense either." <laughs> but, I mean, that's what family can do. You can sit down and do it. But I've been. Um, yeah, but I, I, to, I but you, I totally trust
1: you too.
0: Yeah, it's the same man, um, and so. When you start making this transition now uh to management of these players, um what's your mindset and uh because you, you kind of laid out for everybody what your mindset was with unsigned preps, uh what are you looking to do uh for the players that you represent?
1: So the so the thing is um it's almost just like and I tell people this, it's almost just like unsigned preps my my goal was always to be an asset and helping improve kids and their families. Yeah. And that may sound cliché to some people. Um but that's how I always operate and it's still the same thing now. The only thing the only thing different is they're a little older and they make a little bit more money. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the the thing is still, everything is still the same. Um, and I hope I hope that never changed. Um, well, we talked I about this a long knows. time
0: ago, even before you left unsigned preps, about how important it is for a kid to leave Tampa and then come back, um, not necessarily come back to give back, but what their brand would be when they leave and come back. Like mm-hmm. they need to be known in their city. Uh, so when they come yeah. back they you know you got to be put on now you have because of over time and what you've done with unsigned preps and what you've done with thad and those other things all of a sudden it opens up a lot of doors for kids to come back and and show what their true brand is if that makes sense to people when you're saying brand like what you're about and you know absolutely we uh we know someone and obviously you know him very well who got put on a big stage uh recently in the Heisman trophy and in the national championship stage yeah. but people for the first time got to see what his brand was and we knew it for a long time yeah,
1: yeah and and then it, it's still uh so this this past season and you you represent uh, Michael Pettis Jr. quarterback at the University of Washington and played second in the Heisman um and Maxwell, uh Maxwell a winner, uh Maxwell winner as the best college player in the country. He did some very cool things that was so un, unsigned prep-esque <laughs> that uh that it, it makes me smile and let me know the impact it has been um uh, has been made because remember go back, go back go back
0: ten years. This is a young kid who's handing out food at the Salvation Army who has no clue he's going he to be on this, this stage. Man. Like I met that kid when he was absolutely what is he twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old.
1: He was like fourteen at the time. Yeah, Abs- absolutely from from doing that, um, walking downtown Tampa with his dad at nighttime, giving out pizza to the homeless. Yeah. Uh, That's just who this he is. Past yeah. season. Yeah, this past season, um, he has uh, several partners, but he also has a non- a nonprofit partner called uh, called Mary's Place. And Mary's Place is uh, a facility out in Seattle where it housed 750 kids and families, homeless kids and families. And so what he did this year, he became a season ticket holder, and I'm probably sure that he is the only active player that was a season ticket holder uh, this year. And so he uh, he got four tickets in the 120 uh, in the section 127 that's right behind uh, the University of Washington bench. Yeah. And he uh, with 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 this four tickets, every home game, uh, three kids and a staff member uh, comes to the game. Uh, in the last game, all four seats was only for the staff. Um and so he supplied them tickets. He got one of his um corporate partners, simply Seattle, to to supply uh, shirts for them every game. And he purchased uh food vouchers for each kid that have so they can have their they can buy their own food and have their experience. Yeah. Uh, at the game this year. Um, he also um, used this relationship with Adidas. Uh, for Christmas, he uh, purchased $20,000 worth a year and donated uh, to Mary's Place for the kids, so when they come in, because some kids come in with only the clothes on their back, uh, so when they uh, bring the kids in for intake, they have, kid, uh, they, they have clothing, uh, and he also uh, partnered with a local artist that drew a picture of Michael and sold it for 200, 200 copies of it at two hundred dollars a piece, and all forty thousand dollars was donated to Mary's Place. Yeah, so you talking about a kid that's giving back to the community in such a way to it's very unsigned preps, and that's why me continuing to be in the management uh, side. Uh, working with the players. I'm doing the exact same thing. That's right. That's what I was saying. It's a different name.
0: (laughs) It's a different name. It's a different uh, setting, but the spirit of it is the same.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so, so, so proud of him for using his, uh, his big platform um, to help, to help others.
0: Now don't give us don't give us any insider knowledge because you're not allowed to do that. Or maybe I don't even know if you're allowed to do it. We can break any rules in this podcast because I can't be canceled. So let's just <laughs> say that N- number one thing is: What if, what if Michael Penix become a quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Does it have? Is there any chance that's happening? That's I'm asking an opinion, um, not insider knowledge. Just your opinion. Is there any possible way yeah. when you start looking at that board? that he becomes a Buccaneer?
1: Well, knowing knowing Mike the way how I do, I know he would be happy for any team in the NFL that draft him and allows him the the opportunity to be the leader of their great franchise and the leader in the locker room and uh, the ability to compete. So he would be thrilled from any team uh, just to find his talent Worthy enough to be drafted. Was that political enough for you? Look, I'm going to keep that part in.
0: I'm going to keep all that in. And that, is that your final answer? Final answer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. Anyway, yeah.
1: all right. Well, hey, we, 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 now, we're going to see how that with works Bucs, out. What the Bucks can do. What the Bucks can do. Several years ago, the Houston <laughs> Texans they had the 26th pick in the draft. And they traded all the way up to number ten to take Deshaun Watson.
0: Listen or Kansas. Here, City here's the deal. If, if Michael Penix City. Jr. goes at twenty six to the Buccaneers, then I feel sorry for the NFL. Because that, that chip is gonna be even bigger than Will Levitt's chip in, at Tennessee Titans when he goes to the second round. Absolutely. And uh you probably I mean, you probably, if you pay attention, you see the dog in Michael Penix Jr. Because if you look at his career, it has been throt with adversity, almost from the start. And it, they did a they did a decent job on ESPN and all that stuff, kind of showing, but not really. Like the kid, the perseverance that went through. Uh, and he corrected him real fast when he said, "Oh, you know, you thought about yep. quitting." He's like, "Oh no, no, I didn't think about quitting. I'm just telling you, it got hard." No.
1: Uh um, yeah no absolutely uh because that's a narrative that that some uh publications they want to they want to run with because it it sounds good when you put it on a headline but that was never that was right. never the case yeah. but this is a kid um, too
0: who uh Tampa Bay tech quarterback at Tampa Bay tech then left handed kid, you could he could spin the ball. Man, you just knew he was a talented, talented yeah. kid. But Tennessee was on him hard and then Tennessee had a coaching change. They had an offer at Tennessee.
1: Tennessee had yeah. a coaching change. No, new
0: regimen right. comes in and says, Nope, we're on somebody else. We don't we don't
1: want it. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Not not an offer. He was committed to that yeah, for committed. almost two years.
0: That's right. And and then and the yeah. loyalty he had, like he wouldn't come off that. It didn't matter. He would have went with a new coaching regimen. Um, even yeah. though and then Tennessee goes away, and if you don't think that, uh, if anyone listening thinks that God can't direct your path and put you where you need to be, he need to be at the University mm-hmm. of Indiana. At that time, yep. even
1: uh, even even when you don't understand it when uh, when it's happening, yeah, uh, you have to you have to trust God, and and that's something that Mike uh, has done, and and his parents, uh, uh, Michael Senior and uh, Takisha Penix, they um. They 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 really they really a special family. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta think about this kid pedigree. So his dad was a a star high school football player, um, played college, played college football, uh, and also as a high school coach. His mom lost and ran track in college. Uh so And I'm pretty like, sure she this could this still not,
0: dunk on, I'm pretty sure she could dunk on me
1: right now too. Well, <laughs> how everybody needs our setup at this point it may happen, but she'll be asking you to do the surgery I know, I know. <laughs> but this this kid this kid pedigree um started started from from his parents uh they what what they do athletic what they did athletically and then who they are as human beings yeah have spilled in to mike and, and Mike and his brothers um so any team that get Mike I'm talking about dick. They are really getting the best quarterback uh, in this draft. He can make any throw that needs to be made. He's uplifted every program he's ever went to. Yep. Every the every program he went to, they was they was not the bit dog on the block. Uh,
0: some, Listen, some I don't to, I don't know how how thankful his head coach needs to be, and I don't know what kind of present he sent. He done got every oh, head great. coach. He don't got to upgrade on every, his job because of Michael Penix.
1: Well, I'm, every every head coach and offensive coordinator, if they have Mike, they got they got to pay uh, they got to pay increase. <laughs>
0: That's right.
1: Every head coach and every OC. Well, you can argue the truth, that that
0: did. his last head coach got the biggest job in in college football. I mean, who? Alabama. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get yeah, any bigger. He, he went, you follow Nick Saban, Alabama. There yeah. is not a bigger job on this earth. Everybody said for years no. and years that Dabo's coming to Alabama. Dabo's coming mm-hmm. to Alabama. Uh, if there's no Michael Penix no. Jr. in Washington, Dabo might be at
1: Alabama. Who knows? Yeah, you never you never know. And uh, Mike has a great relationship with his former coach, Coach DeBoer, um, and um. Coach is really going to see there's a difference. (laughs) There's a different level of football. No
0: doubt. You're getting in Um, that dirty SEC, man. And then add add (laughs) Oklahoma and Texas, you know, goodness gracious.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So it's it's, it's a little different being out in Seattle or Fresno coaching football to – when you come to Alabama oh, in the class goodness. of 1963, one of you. Followed, you follow
0: me. the greatest, you know, if you go by yes. record, the greatest coach ever to coach college football. And then Absolutely. they are not going to be a patient group of people. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. They, they, you can't describe the, the fans in Alabama. <laughs> no doubt. Um, because cause there's no pro teams. That's you can't it. That's them. right. You can't hide anywhere. Yeah, so the pecking order probably goes –
2: Alabama head coach, governor. <laughs> I was gonna say no, no, no. I was
0: gonna say Alabama head coach, president of the United States, governor, <laughs> like yeah,
1: yeah. you can just go as high no. as you want to go
0: when you look start looking at Alabama, like that's how it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, those but I'm happy guys, they, for they him. I'm happy for that opportunity. Yeah.
0: I think it's a great opportunity, obviously.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: I told somebody the other day, I was like, "Michael Penix Jr. has got this stamp all over that one. If he didn't, if he didn't end up in Washington, that dude doesn't end up in Alabama." Man,
1: so let me let me let me let me brag about Mike a little bit real quick. Uh, when Mike was at Indiana, uh, Mike, there's no player, uh, and just no offense to any of those guys there, but when he when he was at Indiana, there was nobody on the offensive side of the ball that was drafted he had a uh, he had a wide receiver um, top prop who had a real good season with mike uh he was the wide receiver of the year um and the conference that year had four first rounders and one second rounder uh in indiana i believe reached number seventh in the country indiana now and he beat Penn State, he beat Michigan, and when he he lost to Ohio State, but he threw for 491 yards and five touchdowns in that loss. Before he got the Washington, there was four and eight. They just fired the coach. The program was in turmoil. Uh, the 28 games that he played at Washington, they was 25 and three. And I want to say they won 23 games in a row. He beat Oregon three times. We won every rivalry game, beat USC, uh, beat Texas twice, included in the Sugar Bowl, and they played for the national championship. This guy uplifts programs yeah. and organizations. No doubt. Yeah.
0: You say generational talent, like, and he has talent. like God bless that left arm of his. But still, um, mm-hmm. I can't think of it. And, and of course, maybe i'm biased maybe you're biased (laughs) because we know him we know him when he's 14 i know him when he's 14 years old. you knew him before then um
1: no i know him at 14 as well yeah
0: so we we come into it and say man i know this kid and what he's been through and what he can do to lead a franchise people haven't really seen in a while and um so somebody's gonna be really lucky uh no matter where he gets drafted but I'm really biased. I, I look at the class and nothing against Williams. You know, they say, Oh, multi, you know, generational talent at USC. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine if you believe that. Um, I didn't see any throws that Mike can't make that he can throw, and I haven't seen anybody who can lead like he does. So we'll see. And again, that's it's insanely yeah. insider. That's a that's like sound like I'm a fangirl.
1: But Oh uh, no, no. Well no, no I get I get it. But 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 number numbers show it. Uh PFF has uh, they have this great tracking system, uh to where they track uh how far the ball is being thrown, uh yards on air, yards after the catch, uh, big time throws. Um Mike made forty one big time throws this year, nine more nine more than second place. Yeah. So se- second between second and fifth place was closer. To, Wanting
0: to. What do you think would have um, happened if Mike Penix Jr. was a quarterback and Mike Mike Leach was the head coach?
1: Who? Cool. What? Well, no, because Leach don't have a downfield passing system like that.
0: No, I'm saying he would his arm yeah. would be shot because he would throw it at least 85 times.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. So, but you know what? I, so, I I actually disagree with that. Here's why. Because Mike off three plays can cover seventy-five yards. Oh yeah,
0: fair enough. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So So, so no more of these two-yard
1: dumps. Yeah, yeah. He's not throwing bubble screens. He's not throwing shallow crossers. Okay, I got you. No, so yeah, so if 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 Mike Mike was to throw the ball sixty-five times, he he, would get he would get you seven. (laughs) Yes, uh, yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, no, I'm with you. That no, makes sense. His
1: arm his his arm talent and accuracy in his mind is so next level. Um and that's what makes everybody so excited for him yeah. as a football player and, a, and as a and as a person. But football wise, I don't see anybody who can throw the ball uh like him. Um he he he's he figure it out. He's a, it's something about being a winner. Yeah. Um and some people kind of wish certain things. They wish for certain players to be something that they're not, and they end up getting fired um for that wish, rather than like, no, this person is is, is actually real good at this sport. Trust your eyes. But Mike, 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 he he's he's gonna be fine wherever he gets drafted. Wow, uh, and we we expect for that to be, you know, what I'm saying pretty high. Yeah, well,
0: I'll be throwing popcorn at the TV if it's not pretty high. But you know, I'm, I'm a Kentucky guy, so I watched I watched the painful, painful process you know, play out last year. Will Levis sitting in the green room, and nobody's picking him. Nobody's picking him. And then uh, you know, the nature of football is injury. Like it's literally the nature of it. You get injured and you go mm-hmm. prepare like he did and, and opens up the uh, door and Tannehill goes down and there's a little window. He's like, Oh, this is my job now And uh we've yep. seen that pan out over and over in football. Um, that's how Tom Brady got to start. <laughs> so yep. that's the nature of injuries to go and prepare like that. And we got um here in Kentucky at where my daughter goes to school, we had a really highly rated high school quarterback named Cutter Bowley, so he committed to University of Kentucky and you know, Kentucky has been really, really good at hitting that transfer portal and bringing in stars from other teams. And so we had just hit uh, Brock Vandegrift from Georgia, five-star guy from Georgia, came in to Kentucky. And then Cutter, you know, is coming in as a freshman. And they, that's like the two people in the quarterback room. And uh, so, you know, you assume that Brock's going to be the starter and Cutter's going to have to go in and prepare. But it literally takes one snap and one sprained ankle where you're the starter. So uh, we've been watching that. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. An- an- another th- another thing about the transfer portal as well, and that, and I look at it. I just reference Mike. Um, like Mike wasn't one of those guys who who was not playing and hit it big at the next school. That wasn't that wasn't Mike's story. Yeah, that's story. not his story, right? Um, yeah, and it, and it's some it's it's some guys that's that's their story and so i I look, I look at it i look at the transfer portal a, a little different um uh, because like I, like honestly i'd rather have a guy that played at a group of five or SCS who played a lot who ball who transfers to a bigger school yeah. because he know he can play right he has no doubt that he can play he just been waiting for this moment. He, he's he been looking at his stuff in the mirror, right. singing the Eminem song about Lose Yourself. Right. He's been waiting for that moment while you have other guys who may have, say, been at a Georgia a Clemson, Ohio State, who's been sitting for a couple of years, and they've been losing that confidence every single day. Yeah.
0: Which is weird. Because that's, go back been, to Nick Saban and talk about him because Alabama did that every year. You're a five-star if you go to Alabama yeah. for the most part, and you mm-hmm. go and sit. That's what you do. And I know that personally because the Kentucky kids that he comes still from when we're recruiting them. You know, there's a guy named mm-hmm. Damian Harris who grew up right in the backyard at University of Kentucky in Richmond or down in Berea. And uh, we were on, like, he's on campus. We get, He's going to be a franchise-changing player for us if he comes to Kentucky. Like, literally going to, like, put Kentucky on the map. And last minute playoffs, like Nick Saban rolls up in his helicopter, parks it on the field, goes and gives him an offer, steals mm-hmm. him from us. Well, Damian Harris goes and disappears for a while because he's behind some backs who are like, you know, he's going to have to do his time. Mm-hmm. He comes up as a senior. He plays some as a junior, but he comes up as a senior. You know, now he, he gets to go to the NFL and play. But before the transfer portal was there and you went to Alabama, you just sat, you worked, you did your work in the weight room. You did your work mm-hmm. in the playbook, and you got ready. So when the injury happened, or your time was was now, you were ready to do it. And he proved that perfectly. He, we didn't hear anything for him for two years. He would have came to Kentucky mm-hmm. and started as a freshman and been an absolute star if he came to Kentucky. He went to Alabama, and now, and, and I don't like Alabama. I'll just say it out loud. I don't I don't like them. But <laughs> they really got hurt in this last transfer portal because Nick Saban retires. All their players leave, and now the portal's already closed. So they they got this empty – now, I'm not going to say Alabama's got an empty cabinet, but they didn't have a chance to come back. So they're going to have to change something on the dates that, you know, if, if something goes down like that because they got punished for making the playoffs uh, because, that you know, the portal's closed mm-hmm. and they're in the playoffs. And now nobody's going to feel sorry for Alabama, and I don't, I don't blame you. Don't feel sorry for them. But, mm-hmm. but it went wrong for them because when Saban retires and some of the players hit the portal, they didn't have any chance to, you know, hit the portal themselves and replace those players.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. So the the only people they can they can cherry pick from Michigan.
2: Yeah. But a lot of those yeah. guys
1: yeah. they're they're standing at Boston College now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I got I got called on today from a school. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. Yeah, so you you kinda get hurt by that. And and I think I think they're gonna they're gonna make that they're gonna make that change. Yeah. Uh but but the transfer the transfer portal is is, is, is good. Um is it's is good and it's bad. It's like NIL. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. the, I'm not the biggest fan of NIL. Um I feel like uh um, I'm not a
0: huge fan of pay for play when it comes down to that i am a I am a huge fan yeah. if you're an absolute star, I don't know, like Shadura Sanders made more money than Brock Purdy did last year by a lot. Brock Purdy's going to the going to the yeah. Super Bowl, so um, yeah, <laughs> you know, but you know there's only and we talked about this before too there's there's only a few people who are gonna eat like that, they're quarterbacks, you know, they're superstars, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely um, but that's why I think that all players should get paid um because the best right guard uh in the country. You don't even know what he looked like.
0: Yeah. Unless their um, quarterbacks taking so care of him. Be,
1: <laughs> yeah. And what should what should be the quarterback which should be the quarterback job? Yeah. 'Cause I don't even like when, when co college coaches try to have that message, like hey, yeah. spreading around. Like no. No that's, that's not that's not like That's it. not how life that's works. Not his, that's
0: not how life works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the the coach, he don't even do that. Right. Like, it's it's people it's people it's people in the building making twenty seven thousand dollars. You're right. not supplemented. Yeah, yeah. There's no f- there's free interns.
0: <laughs> there. There's unpaid interns.
1: There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, to put that on a kid, uh, no. But uh, the players definitely need to be paid because it's so much money, um, so much money being made uh, within college, and for years they will hide the money by these. Like you see, Kentucky. How much y'all spend on facilities?
0: Hey, listen! Our like, facilities are are amazing now.
1: Between football and basketball, are y'all closer to spending a billion or no, are you closer to spending no one million?
0: No, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely not five hundred million. I don't think, but it could be.
1: Oh yes, you are. <laughs> between football and basketball facilities, are you closer to a billion than one million? <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. So, you think, don't be don't be hating on Kentucky. You know we love. don't win anything. We ain't won anything, and who knows how long since you know 2012 we ain't won anything. So you got to leave us alone.
1: Y'all love y'all sports and spend the money.
0: Oh, that's true, man.
1: And me, like, hey, I don't need this. Like at Clemson, I don't need the the slide inside because <laughs> outside it's illegal to run down it. So, but inside it's legal. Like so. I don't need that. Being built for like five million dollars. Give it to the players. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man.
0: I'm with you. And you, you see it from the perspective of where you are too. And you get to see the players and, and who it would help. Because you told me, we won't mention any things. But you know, you told me about an NIL deal that somebody send you a pack of water ever so often. Come on, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, gonna give you a case yeah, of like, water, man. <laughs> yeah, for like four posts. Like, come on, man. But, but, uh, but, but I, but I think. Uh, it, it it should it should include other it should include other things because like now I look at I look at myself and I'm not asking for a test of second to pay for it, but I got off roundings in both my hips and my shoulder. Yeah. And this is from you know these collisions I was having on the field. I wish there was a a, a way and if God because God gave me the idea, but when he gives me the authority to exercise it. I really want to uh, do something to where a college coach to any player that graduates, he would uh, he would fund the first year of a life insurance policy for his graduating players.
0: That should be uh, cheap, man, and it'd be a, yeah. I mean, uh, that's nothing super compared, cheap,
1: uh, yeah, super you can you can get a, a million a million dollar policy for a healthy 22 year old 22 23 year old uh will cost these guys between like 50 and 60 dollars a month so for a whole year that's 60 times 12 is what 720 dollars per player and then after that the player he picks up he picks up the payment yeah. so this is a coach's gift to his players because so many there are many guys that pass away within 20, 20 years of leaving college. Yeah. So as a coach, if, if I was a coach who had the means,
0: so it's just if call, I can not yeah, give
1: my players yeah. the gift.
0: Yeah, let's Chris Garrido. If, make it happen. He knows how to do all that stuff. Let's go.
1: Well, it, NCAA got some rules. There's yeah. it, it's still, it's still some it. rules in place that college college coaches can't do.
0: Okay. So but make it somebody.
1: I think, I
0: think, make it the the make it the quarterback who making all the nil money. Hey, can we get twenty thousand dollars? Oh yeah, no problem.
1: Yeah, tell you, tell you, it only it only take that because you got to figure a graduating class. You come in with twenty five. Let's say at the very best, you finish with eighteen. On average, you probably finish with fifteen. Um. And some things make it a little bit more difficult with the guys transferring and stuff so yeah. much. But I th- I think I think it's stays in place to how you can help guys even even when they're done, Yeah, uh, especially that it's given a gift. Because me, yeah. I know I was a father when I was in college. Yeah. If anything was to happen to me, uh, what had happened to me from the age of 22 to 42, and Mike Leach had took out a life insurance policy that got started
2: yeah. with
1: him in the first year, and I, and I took over the payments for the time after that, Man, that's a that's an awesome gift that a coach can well, give back to I his players. So, I the don't have any doubt that You're
0: gonna figure that out. So, and that's how that works. So, that yeah. whoever's yeah. listening that knows how to figure that out to get around the NCAA regulations, it's time to do it. Ricky Saylor's your man. <laughs> man,
1: let's do it,
0: man. <laughs> no, I mean that to it, to you and me saying it out loud. That sounds so simple and and so cheap that. Yes, why don't, why don't you do that? If you graduated from our university and I was the head coach, you played football here, like, this is what it is. And maybe it can't go through the coach because the NCAA stuff But so fine. But we need to figure out another route to do that.
1: Because yeah. because I, I always heard that um, Bear Bryant had it to where guys who played for him, their sons can get an uh, would, would uh, Alabama football scholarship. It, it was something to those lines to where that, that's something that he had put in place. If you play, if you play for bear, your child can play Alabama. Okay. Um, um, uh,
0: yeah, but that is bear Bryant in Alabama. So only a few coaches can do that. Cause yeah. a, lot, a lot of coaches get fired after
1: three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but I, did, I just think that would be, oh, I think it's great. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be such a gift.
0: That's why we're not allowed no, to get in the same so. room for a long time. We're gonna make up all kinds of this stuff and cause problems. <laughs> so you put us together. Hey, look, we're we're gonna to come up with something that try to change the world again.
1: Man, look. Hey, tell you. Hey, already. I said. I said. Oh, hey, we can partner with State Farm, and they can. They can. They can do the policies. They're gonna love it because they're gonna have clients. Oh yeah. No, uh, you know i said, uh, To do it. uh, that's it, it, it's the unfortunate happened. But the thing is the unfortunate has happened a lot. Yeah. Um, especially like when you look at office alignment, uh, office alignment, defense alignment, that how they get their bodies so big. And then when they done, um, some of them, they cut it. And some of them like, I'm not like somebody that's Jared Lorenz. Now I'm not sure how hard he would have been in sure. Uh, when he came out of Kentucky
2: <laughs> a little um,
1: bit easier
0: than when he went with the Mug Cats i can tell you that
1: yeah but i want to say like i want to say he passed away probably in that 20 year period after yeah. leaving Kentucky yeah and i don't know what, if how he had anything set up for yeah, his I'm family i'm not sure either
2: yeah i'm not sure
1: but if there was a million dollar policy i'm i'm, I'm not sure if he played for how mummy or who who was his coach at the time but if, if that policy was still ongoing Man, his family could be good. Yeah. At least, in, in, in that standpoint, because you never, you never good from that missing Losing, piece, right? That, yeah, for
0: sure. But yeah. financially, it's not gonna, it's not gonna rock your family.
1: Yeah. So I'm on it, man. coach, in, to, I, I look at it as, a, as a former high school coach, to like, I'm helping my player generate, uh, also have generational wealth because he passed down to the. We pass it on to the next generation.
2: Yeah, love it, man. And, it's well,
1: and if the college coaches, if they really want to, if the universities if they really want to get their hands in and all that stuff, them slimy jokers, <laughs> they will. They will say, all right, a hundred thousand of it goes into an endowment that goes back to the school.
0: Something like that. Yeah, make it whatever you want, or you can buy the whole off portion of it, and then they own the interest on it. Who cares? Like, yeah, if you want to make it about you, that's fine, but yeah. take care of the players too
1: yeah so that's all i'm uh i'm, I'm, I'm out. Take, man
0: take care of the players man all right man well that's ricky sailor right there take care of the players that's what that's what's gonna be uh that's what's gonna be on the uh, podcast liner down at the bottom take care of the players right. i love it well, you're a terrible golfer but I did enjoy some time playing golf with you when you thought. That like, is true. You thought that you were getting good there a little bit just because you could beat that or you had a good day and you hit two fairways or something like that. But by the end of the round, here's what I could count on. You'll almost be out of golf balls and you'll almost be out of confidence.
1: <laughs> hey, no, look. I have a, I have a, like two YouTube uh golf coaches oh and mentors goodness. that they don't they don't know they my youtube golf coaches and mentors. Yeah, yeah. that they they really help me with the strategy of the game. <laughs> um my game just to clarify
0: just to clarify it's not you who puts from a hundred yards out in the middle of the
1: fairway, right? No, and he, <laughs> he's still up to those tactics. He, he's still up to those tactics. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he'll do anything so, to beat
1: you. But man, but man, golf golf is such a great game. It's the hardest game I've ever played in my life. It's yeah. a very addictive game. Um, but I have, I you you know, like you have to break it down in shots. No, I said not overall because the overall <laughs> picture. It's gonna. My score is gonna be around like one ten. Okay. But what I can look at. But there's at, like I can a there's a like three yesterday.
0: stretch hole. There's like a stretch of three holes where you're like, man, I really know what I'm doing.
1: Exactly.
0: And you exactly. can't. Exactly. You can't figure out how to unlock it for the other fifteen holes. <laughs> See, and so that's
1: the challenge.
0: That's golf, man. That's what it messes <laughs> with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. The golf. Like you, you're like, I got the talent. I just don't know how to execute it.
1: Does so it- y- yesterday, I go play. First hole, I get a par. <laughs> Second hole, I know I struggle. You no, know I'm saying hitting the club one thirty-seven because I I don't know what is wrong. This thing I have with my seven <laughs> iron when I got to bring it above my hip and I shake it <laughs> and it go it, it goes out. I take my drop. I use my seven just to do a pitch.
2: Yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying nice pitch two putt. You no, know I'm saying. I walk. I walk out of there with a double, but the the strategy I should have did was, you no, know, just keep it in play, because you know <laughs> you're not going to get the green. Just keep it in play. Use your seven to get up, and you just walk away with a bogey. And so, I'll tell you this: the strategy of golf helps you in so many different things um, that pertains to real life, just like just yeah. like football. You no, know, so. Yeah. That's adversity
0: what, what really adversity comes very early in golf and it starts with when you put the tee in the ground. Uh, so yeah, it's, it definitely mirrors life in many ways because it's a roller coaster sometimes and some days you have really good days and sometimes you have really bad days. And so I, I would say you're probably right. Golf mirrors life and probably more than uh, yeah, any I mean, other sport.
2: Man, And the bad thing is
0: I, because we get that little moment of greatness where you made that par and then we watch these cats on TV all It's the only sport ever that we think, oh, I can do what they do because I did that. I did that same thing they exactly. just did. Now, nobody – if you haven't dunked a basketball, you don't look at LeBron and be like, oh, I think I could do that. No, you can't. You can't dunk. You exactly. Never, you threw a touchdown, no, you can't. You're going to throw a dead duck 10 yards. You can't do that. You can't do what the touchdown is. Even, so golf is weird because it's like – Yeah. Golf is weird because like, you get that little moment where everything went right for four shots, and you got a birdie on a par five, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm back."
1: <laughs> yep. Man, I, I I look at I look at these guys. They are 154 yards out, and they're using a pitching wedge. Yep. Like what? <laughs> like so, but like no, but it, it's such it's such a it's such an awesome game. Um, that I think the perception of it, uh, especially uh, in my community, the black community, is boring and slow uh, when it's not. Now, it was slow yesterday on the course, but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great game. And so what, what I'm truly prepared for, when I get real good, <laughs> like I'm going to talk trash how I talk trash playing cards <laughs> I'm I'm going to be so I'm not I'm, my golf etiquette is going to be so bad
0: I just can't wait um, until I'm, you get really good and then I can come oh, and break I'm, your spirit Oh I'm gonna talk so
1: much No 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 you won't Oh yeah
0: no, no. You won't. that's fine. I look at you no, like you okay keep talking man I
1: know you I know you No, no. See I'm 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 learning different things to how not to always use the driver because Cause golf can get long, and my mind was start to wonder. <laughs> yeah, and so by the twelfth hole, I'm physically getting tired, and my mind wondering. Yeah, I didn't find a little tips of what I can do with that. So, or, yeah, or I, sometimes I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be difficult. Sometimes I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a hard out.
0: Sometimes it's a it's a perception thing, though, and it's like a little jealousy goes in because you know we we show up to the first tee, you pull your little driver out, I pull my little driver out. I might stripe it down right down the fairway, and you're like, oh, I need to do that.
1: No, nah, that literally <laughs> never caught my mind. <laughs> no, my mind. I
0: know. I'm kidding with you, man. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave people with this. Everybody says that, you know, Florida boys are tough. You know, everything that comes, you know, you recruit Florida because those boys are different, and same thing for Georgia and Texas. Here's why I know Florida boys are not tough. 'Cause we were going to a golf course and there was just a little bit of rain, a little tiny storm trying to flow over. Oh. And maybe a little bit of lightning, maybe a little bit of thunder. Uh in Florida now. In Florida. Like during during yeah. rain season. But I now there was somebody in the now, golf cart the who was like right who was trying to keep saying, Oh, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. We gotta get it. and I was like, look, man, we're gonna sit under this tree, which is not what you're supposed to do when it's lightning. And we're gonna wait for this because I didn't get to golf that much at that time. I'm working, you know, trying to keep my company alive. I'm like, if we're going out to play golf, we're playing golf. So we're gonna play in this rain no matter what happens. And you were like a nervous cat, man. Like, ooh, every time it hits lightning, you're like, We gotta go. We gotta go. So that's how I know them Florida boys
1: aren't that tough. So look, so you gotta remember your audience. So you just told your audience That a guy from Florida (laughs) was absolutely scared when it started raining, thundering, and lightning sitting under a tree. (laughs) You got to remember, your audience probably see Florida as we get hurricanes every single day. (laughs) So they're going to side with me more than you.
0: (laughs) All I knew was, oh. all I knew is we was going to get like three, and we did get three more holes in, but we finally had to pull the plug, man.
1: Man, hey, I don't play a lightning. <laughs> yeah, too many too many lightning strikes in. See, the lightning here hit people. Oh, it well. just don't flash.
0: No, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I didn't personally know it. Thankfully, I didn't personally know it. Man, I can't thank you enough for coming on here spending some time. We'll do it again for sure, but... You know, I love you, and this is, a, this is a thing that whatever you got your hands into, uh, I'm going to be supportive, and I know that you're going to do big, big things is what you're doing now. So I just want to let people know who's listening that uh, uh, my brother from another mother in Tampa, Florida, because we met on Twitter, it really changed mm-hmm. some people's lives for the better because you made me better, and hopefully I made you
1: a little better. Yeah, man, I, uh, I absolutely appreciate you, adore you. Um, I can't thank you, and then to your wife Stacy, this um uh, just giving, just giving you the okay to trust you, uh, to put me first. Um, so I'm I'm more I'm more than thankful for you, uh, and I wish you all the success in the, uh, all the success in the world. And can't wait till I see you again, brother.
0: All right, man. It'll be soon. Take care. I right, see you. Jason. All right, bud.